that was more so just a it was just piled up a bunch of things that have gone over the years to where I just knew I wasn't myself and I need to get back in, into that place of you know being myself and, and being happy as a person um and taking care of my well-being um and that was like the, that was the major thing for me um it wasn't about the basketball it wasn't about the money anything like that um you know I want to be who I am and, and get back to you know playing basketball at that level and you know being myself there's just a lot of things internally that you know had to happen um over time and it just got to a place where I don't think it was good for me um mentally so you know it is what it is it happened and, and uh, moving forward so you guys do have a game in Philly in a couple of weeks do you think you can be ready for that you know physically mentally you know I imagine that's a pretty I hope so I will see how soon we see Ben Simmons in a Nets uniform and on the basketball court for the first time since last season. But yesterday we got a chance to hear from Ben Simmons. No sources, no people close to Ben Simmons, but Simmons from his own mouth uh, for the first time since June, I believe it was. Michael, we've talked a lot about Ben Simmons, a lot. We've had some very deep, very passionate conversations about Ben Simmons. Yes, we Um, have. And and I know, I know um, at one point you acknowledged that you were struggling with uh, believing his uh, mental health explanation for why he was away from the team. I wonder after hearing from him yesterday, and, and, and he spoke uh, pretty candidly. Ooh. Well, he, he didn't get specific about yeah, what he was dealing with, yeah. but, he, but he did reference that it was more than just the trade that... Uh, and I think one question to him was, what do you say to the people who are skeptical um, that, you know, you just sat out with mental health issues just to force a trade? He, should be, he said, those people should just be happy. I'm smiling. I've been through some dark times. Uh, that stood out to me. That was one of the most powerful uh, quotes from yesterday's press conference. What, do, uh, what was your biggest takeaway? And, and, and where are you now in terms of how you view Ben Simmons now that he's been traded and now, he's, now that he's spoken on his own behalf? Oh, Oh, Mike. Oh, oh, I wish you hadn't asked me that question. Because it forces me. I'm glad I did then. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) it forces me to go some places that you don't talk about at parties. Okay, it it, it forces me um, to really sound like a bad person. But I'm going to go there because I'm just, I decided to keep it 100 and and, uh, take it from there. Who am I? Who am I to imply that Ben Simmons that you lack ability? <laughs> yeah, yeah, go with that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, no, never a no, bad time no. for a black dog quote. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but he just came off as so well coached to me. Is that wrong? Is that wrong for me to say he sound he sounded well coached? Your opinion? Mm-hmm. Because because if it's not about the money, and it's more about mental health. And, and $19 million. I don't know what happens to that $19 million, right? Is that still, is that in question? Can that still be appealed? Uh, did they just, did Philadelphia, was that a condition of the trade? I don't know. Maybe I haven't read closely enough. But I still go back to the money. And the problem, I'm not, the problem might be mine and not Ben Simmons's. It might be my problem. But I, I didn't really feel it in my chest when I heard him talking. I didn't get feels, I didn't get goosebumps. 
Uh, it didn't make me reconsider. And, and right, as let me a stop fact, you right there. Was, let me stop you right there. Yeah. What what could or should he have said that would have made you, like I said, feel it in your chest? Or how even? I don't know. It's just, I guess you know it when you see it. You know it when you hear it. It might be, I, I need to be making, I need to make it clear. He might be telling you everything that you need to know. It could be his personality. I've never interviewed Ben Simmons. So maybe for those who have followed him closely, they're like, man, this is a breakthrough. Ben Simmons never talks like this. You tripping. Okay, maybe. But I keep, I, I guess for me, I'm so stuck on the other stuff that I can't get to what he's saying about mental health. All right, like the what he's saying about mental health. In, sure. Other stuff is, yeah. so was that why you passed up the dunk? Is that crass? Mm -hmm. is, is, is that why you don't shoot? You, you have open shots. Um, how about Joel Embiid saying it was annoying. Your situation was annoying. Did that, did that affect your mental health? Was that a part of it? Did Philadelphia, mm -hmm. did your teammates contribute? I mean, there's so many questions mm -hmm. that, uh, and, and so many answers that he can really get to that kind of yeah. prevent me from hearing the other stuff. And I know, I know if you're not following sports and you just, uh, you're a mental health advocate, you say, you know what, Michael Holly, you are the problem. People like you are the problem. All you want to talk about is the games and these are real life things. But we're talking about ment mental health has gotten more of a platform because professional athletes are talking about it. So you can't separate one from the other. It's like, oh, let's talk about your mental health and not talk about what you do in your profession and how it affects your profession. How did that affect him? Is that why? Is that why he? Uh, is that why he does certain things on the court? Is that why he exhibits certain behaviors? Because of mental health, or was it just I wanted out of Philly, and the only way I can get out of Philly and hold on to my money is to say that I have some mental health issues? Now, just tell me that I'm a terrible mm -hmm. person. I can deal with it. Go ahead. I shouldn't be thinking that way, but that, but I'm thinking that way. So to put it bluntly, you still feel like Ben Simmons is full of shit, <laughs> and I don't think, and I don't think that you're alone. I'm, I'm, as a matter of That's fact. Very, that's very, I would that's venture, really well said. That's well yeah, phrased. Just, yeah. That's well phrased. Get right to the point. No, and, and listen, I'm, not, I'm certainly not saying you took a long time. Far be it for me to say it took you a while to get there. I'm, yeah. That would be, that would be right. a glass house throwing bricks right there. No, I, I just right. mean, that's what, that's what we're talking about here. And I think, uh, Michael, I'd venture to say, I haven't done any kind of polls. I'd venture to say you are, not only are you not in the minority, I think probably most people, definitely most people in Philadelphia agree with you. Um, I would say your skepticism is warranted. Um, but I, I believe that more than one thing can be true. And I think yeah. maybe the basketball situation compounded or exacerbated a situation to which we're not privy. So let's start with this. What's Ben Simmons baseline? Like who is Ben Simmons? How is he wired? You know, okay. That's what, good question. Uh, you know, like what, what is it that you know, uh, how does how does he operate? You know what I mean? Um, so you have to, without knowing that, we don't, and without knowing whether he's been diagnosed, whether he sought therapy, um, it's just, I think it's unfair. And listen, I understand that you felt like it was unfair 
and disrespectful to people who are struggling in this big tent. It's such a broad, nebulous yeah. phrase at this point, but this big tent known as mental health. People who are struggling with those issues, you felt like it was doing them a disservice. And I agree with you. If he is using that as a convenient excuse to keep his money and to not play and to not honor his contract, yeah, that does do a disservice to those who are actually struggling with mental, emotional, and psychological issues. It's also unfair to not take him at his word. I feel like if we're going to evolve, if we're going to grow, if we're going to mature as a society and an industry, when it comes to discussing this issue, we got to be consistent, man. We got to be consistent. How? And you're talking to somebody, well, we you know this. Why not? That's our choice to be consistent. And by, by, and by consistent, consistent, I mean. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah. So, explain it. Okay. So, for example, when it comes to, all right, just a, a lot, like I want to make this clear. I'm just using this. Is, this is an example that comes to mind. I'm not saying it's the same, but when it comes to sexual assault and rape, we have gotten to a point where we believe victims, we believe women, for the most part. It's not an absolute thing, but we've gotten better in that area. I'm not yeah, saying that right. everybody who cries mental health is telling the truth, but I feel like who are we? Going back to your quote, Black Dog quote earlier, who are we to say he's lying? Because does he owe, does he owe us a therapy session? And Michael, this I was going to say, you're talking to somebody, you know this, but for people that may not have gone and watched all of our YouTube videos and all of our conversations, people that might be new to this here party, you are talking to somebody right. who has been as hard on Ben Simmons as anybody in media. I'll take the Pepsi Challenge any day of the week when it comes to going at Ben Simmons ever since he put forth that dreadful performance against Atlanta. But I'm right. also reasonable, reasonable enough to and say... I've easy, and maybe, I've been easy on him. I've actually relatively speaking, right? And, relatively speaking, yeah. you've been fair, but yeah. relatively speaking, but yeah. you, but you criticize him too. I don't mean to say you didn't criticize him, but you, but you've been, you've been, you've been more like, damn, Mike, is it personal with you and Ben Simmons? Like, I'm like, no, I don't know the dude. I, I got nothing against him. I never met him. I'm like, I don't have, I don't have any skin in this game, but I'm also reasonable enough to realize that maybe there is something, you know, that we don't know about what makes him tick or doesn't tick. Maybe there's something that he was going off the court in his life that the Sixer situation again compounded and exacerbated. One thing I know from personal experience and I've had my own undiagnosed emotional and mental struggles. I told you yeah. I'm a bigger procrastinator than anything and I promise to go see a therapist tomorrow. Okay? But yeah. I have struggled yeah. myself yeah. In, in, in that area in ways that maybe I don't even realize. But what I do know from experience is that you can't heal where you got sick. And so it would be unfortunate. I'll wrap it up by saying this, bro. It would be unfortunate if Ben Simmons just said what he, what, the only thing he could say, he couldn't sit up there and say, I had you going there, didn't I? <laughs> Y'all thought, like, you know, he, I mean, he couldn't, right. he, if, if the truth is that he was lying about his mental health, he can't say that. So what else yeah. is he going to say in these, in these circumstances? But I would say, what else should he have to say? Does he owe us a deeper explanation? Does he owe us, uh, to, is, that, is that press conference, is that podium a couch? And does he okay, owe okay. us going into great detail? Right. So I would rather be right. safe than sorry. I'd rather be wrong about this than right, mm. but be no, on no. the wrong and side I, of this I, issue. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I, I, you know, history will determine. And, and, and I'll deal with it. I'll deal with whatever history reveals. But right now, 
I'm looking at that 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 cliche intersection. Don't you get so tired of people talking about that? Oh, the intersection. We want to delve into the intersection of sports and culture. Hey, welcome to the party, y'all. We've been doing this. We've been talking about this for a long time. And now and I'm talking about you four letter network, especially welcome. Thank you. Uh, We tried to tell you a long time ago. You didn't want to hear it. You want to stick to sports. Now you want to be on the intersection. You want to be on the intersection yeah, I'm gonna go now. Ahead. But we've been Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and let been, you I'm going to let you go ahead and talk I'm, that. Yeah, you go ahead. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to let, let you let have me that cook, one. Let, let me cook on this. <laughs> let me cook on this. Excuse me. Thanks. But anyway, yeah, you, as I I'll let you do as that. As we as we stand on this intersection, I will say to you, Ben Simmons doesn't owe me anything. As a matter of fact, if I want to just kind of stop evolving and I just want to uh, I want to be like Doctor Strange and kind of mess with the timeline and just keep that it right here. That new trailer is fire! Dr. <laughs> Strange, you know, you know that's my dude. I yeah, hear you hating yeah. Jason Johnson. Great movie, great movie, Dr. Strange, the original, yeah. and then looking forward to the new one. But if I want to be just in my moment, I'd say, okay, Ben, you do you. You don't owe me any explanation, and I just want to talk about how you got here. Mm-hmm. So we both win. He talks about mental health. I kind of let him talk about it, ask no questions, and then just go back to, man, this dude, since the end of game seven uh, against the Atlanta Hawks to now has missed everything, and now he's talking about he's excited. to. Uh, it's going right. to be scary. All of a sudden, he's ready Nets. to play. All of yeah, a sudden, he's ready he's to play. Okay, he has touched that's the hem why of his people, garment. I, I'm right. That's yeah, why you're like, hold that's on, why people dog. like me are skeptical. All right, we ain't got to talk but about Mike, mental health. I'm just, but this, but this, talk what, about, but this is what I said. This is what I said when it first happened. happened. This, is, this is why you're not a bad person. You're an honest person, and I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate your candor on this topic. At the very beginning, I was like, eventually, you got to play basketball again somewhere. You know, and it's like, you don't even have to be a Sixers fan to have an, a vested interest in this story. If he struggles in Brooklyn, he's going to hear it on the road in any city USA, he's going to hear it like wherever he goes. He is going to have to face the, the professional pressures of being such a gifted basketball player. He's going to be self checked and somebody's going to say, okay, you've been in the gym. Let's see what you got. Okay, we're right. going to see what happens in the big moment. So he couldn't avoid this forever unless he was going to retire. So I could I overstand why you would sit up here and say, oh, okay, you're feeling pretty good now, ain't you? I get that, but I do believe that there could be something intrinsic to who he is and something that's going on in his personal life. I, I guess I'm just not, and maybe I'm naive, man. And between the two of us, I'm the more naive. I would say I'm the more naive between the two of us. I'm the more glass half full guy between the two of us. I, no, that's not true. You, you don't think so? <laughs> no, no, in general, no, no, no. No, in no. general no. I'm definitely, I'm the nicer one. I am definitely the nicer Michael between the two of us. I'm the nice no, guy. I thought that. I thought that you're the a-hole, but not the <laughs> no. Let <laughs> you gotta see no, me every day no, behind, yeah, no, behind no. the scenes. Like this yeah, dude ain't what I thought he was. Okay, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, I don't think you're a bad person for questioning the legitimacy of his claims. I just think if we're trying to really, if we're trying to be better, I think it starts with respecting yeah. people at their word. I know I was just happy to see okay. dude smiling on the sideline. And if he talked about nice. maybe, maybe it's because it resonated with me. Because he talked about dark moments. I have had dark moments over the last four or five years that the only person that really knows the depth of those moments is the person I sleep with every night. You know, and a few other people maybe. Mm-hmm. 
So I guess maybe it just it resonated with me. It, it hit different for me. Maybe that's why yeah. I'm more inclined, despite it looking like a duck, walking like a duck, and quacking like a duck, and that duck being bullshit. I mean, as like all it, it, the, the math ain't mathing as they say. So I hear you, but I just don't want to get in the habit of saying, "Yeah, I don't believe you. You need more people." That's true. We might think, be going through that, something think, that we don't know. I think that is fair. That, that, not to get in that habit, but I, did I say this to you before? Uh, you know, all that being said, did I tell you that I thought um, that I think I should say active, active, not passive, uh, that I think Brooklyn won the trade. That's you did. You told me when, I don't, when I don't we went know, to SoFi that's Stadium. Or, or, yeah. Or, or well, that, lo- that that emergency recording we did at SoFi, you said it. I don't know if you said okay. it on Monday's show before I traveled back from LA yesterday. But, it's the, I think it's I the think better did, fit. The better player they did is hard job, but the better fit. Is 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 what Brooklyn acquired between him, Seth Curry. We'll see how the Andre Drummond fit works with when, when Simmons is on the floor. But none, nonetheless, yeah. I would agree that they. But it's good for both, and we'll dive into Harden. We'll dive into Harden next. But I, I guess and I would just say love. They made up for some losses too. They made up for some losses. Yes. It was met. Yeah, with draft some, picks. Some capital. Yeah, yeah they did all right. It, look, did he go about it in the most mature way, in the traditional way? Is there a part of me that thinks, man, just toughen up? I remember I said at the beginning, Doc and Embiid didn't do nothing wrong. All they did was was tell the truth. They kept it a buck. Do you think he could be a championship point guard? I don't know. How the hell could you know? What is he supposed to say in that situation? You know, but they I, tried, so I've never but, tried to pamper Ben Simmons, but I'm trying to thread this needle, bro. You know? But they did. And they did. They went to the, you said they kept it a buck. So they went, they did the blunt approach. Then yeah. remember opening night, Embiid said, you know, he's my brother, Doc, on his Campaign tour. Hey, I never said this about Ben That's Simmons. True. He can come back here. Daryl Morey. Yeah. Daryl Morey said, oh, he can play here. Oh, yeah. yeah. On the radio interview. All this stuff. Yeah. And all the team. Tobias Harris. We got to look out for Ben. They tried everything. You know what, you know what the most interesting thing is? Everything you know they what the interesting thing is? is this that? is how it should have been all along. Because if Morey would have had his way, and apparently Harden, who we'll talk about momentarily, if he'd had his way, Simmons would be in Houston. And Harden would be in Philly, and last year never happens. This was a, this what you know most what, of them always week? wanted. And if he wanted his own team, the Nets ain't it. Just FYI. So, last thing though, last more thing, interesting last than thing. that. More <laughs> interesting that? than that. That hmm. woman on your shirt. Oh, hey, go, my wife in another life. My wife in another, another life. life. I'm gonna beat another you to How about this life? I'm gonna beat you to it. How about? Oh, I got one. How about my wife in the multiverse? There we go. <laughs> I just knew, you know, for a very long time, this was a perfect fit. And obviously, you got a, a, a big man, the best big man in the league, and Joel. And then, obviously, the coaching, uh, just from top to bottom, it made sense. And um, I'm just happy and, and blessed that I'm here. And um, as Doc and, and everybody knows and everybody wants is, is to win and be the last team standing. So um, I'm excited for the opportunity. For me, it just it, it made sense, man. It's, it's a time where I needed to be, uh, you know, around guys that I know that want to win and know that do, are willing to do whatever it takes to win. And um, the structure here is, is unbelievable. Uh, that's the goal, man. That's the goal. Like Daryl said, the opportunity, the window is now. Joel is playing the best he's ever played. Um, 
you know, so my job is to come out there and, and help him and help the entire team win the championship this year and years going forward. You ain't like that. You ain't feeling that? No. Yeah. No, hey, no. He, hey, he's fashion. He's fashion forward, man. But I tell you what he nah. is. That, that fashion nah, that's, forward. That's, that's, that's a step backward. That wasn't forward. That was okay. around in circles and a step backward. That wasn't forward. Right. Well, you may not be able to we'll understand his fashion, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I think you understood the hashtag shots fired from his press conference. All right. So, hey, the structure here is unbelievable. So the structure there is not unbelievable. Hey, at this point in my career, I'm going to play with guys who just want to do whatever it takes to win. So guys there don't want to do whatever it takes to win. It's clear. He's talking about what turned him, what soured him this time in the long list this time. of this time. James it's Harden always somebody grievances. Else. Always. It's always somebody always. else. So yeah, always. This time, he's he was offended by Kyrie. He's talking about James Harden's career. So, James Harden is a career. Yeah. Excuse me, James. I'm gonna say that again. James Harden's career is a Tyler Perry movie. I know I could do bad all by myself was already taken, but like, if James Harden was in these streets, it's like, bro, you can't keep an old lady. Like, you, like you're just a serial monogamous. But go ahead, finish. Yeah. No, no. And, and, it, and say, as a matter of fact, I like that you said that. In the Tyler Perry movie, up there <laughs> no. on the dais, up there on the dais with Doc and Daryl Morey is Medea sitting them down to have like this real conversation with like the mangled English, but there's some wisdom there. It's like, like come on, baby, it's always somebody no. else. What's wrong with you? I got it. I got. I got you? the rest in peace. The Cicely Tyson character, even you know, on this oh, land. Yeah. No, I got that. I got that yeah. one for you because I, I I saw Malcolm D. Lee at SoFi Stadium randomly, right? What about when they playing spades right. and the best man? And he like, wait, right. she's a stand-up comic, right? No, I, I thought she was a teacher. She is a caterer, damn it. <laughs> it took her a while to find a creative niche. <laughs> James Harden is just taking him a while to find his creative niche. Anyway, go oh, ahead, man. man. Or, or but it, it actually turned out another one from the best man. Since we got, we got off on tangents, this is what yeah. we do. For yeah. those who don't yeah. know. Uh, going off on tangents, I love this. Uh, w- when he was in there and the uh, the creative dancer, I mean, they wound up getting together. He was like, "Oh, I felt a connection in there. I thought we had something real." Creative dancer, dancing, man. Creative, you say creative dancer? dancer. Yeah. What's yeah, wrong with stripper? Dancer. She's a stripper. Okay, she's a stripper. Regina Regina Hall dude was hosting in, the Oscars, by the way. Dude, dude fell in love with a stripper. And he thought it was like something deeper. And she's like, no, nah, I'm just doing my job. But like James Harden yeah. always falling for somebody. And then Do you remember when people thought you looked like merch when you had the dress? Remember yeah, thought I, you, people thought you uh, looked like oh. merch back in the day when you had the dress. Yeah, that was that was a big thing. Yeah, yeah, with you. That, was, that was your version of Aaron Donald. Yeah, yeah, James that's Harden. it. That was it. way back, way back <laughs> in the day. But yeah. you know, but look, James Harden, what did you say about what did you say about uh, Ben Simmons off the top that I took a long way. But what I was basically saying about Ben Simmons was what? Oh, that he's full of shit. Yeah, yeah, James Harden too. Yeah, same, same. So I'm the designated same. cursor, James by the way. Harden. Like you couldn't, you couldn't say, say yes, that just now. 
Yeah, oh, okay. you know, I, I, I pick my Understood. spots. I want to pick my spots Understood. and wait, you know, two minutes, gotcha. two it's minutes, fourth quarter. When we, yeah, yeah. Like right. Matthew Stafford, when we really need it, yeah. when we really need it, <laughs> I'm going to come up with some throws. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I see, I, I, you see what I did there? Um, yeah. But look, James Harden is just going from place to place. He has no, I don't think there's any strategy involved. I don't Walking think he earth is like chasing. Kane and Kung Fu. I, yeah, right. He's not chasing championships. He's not looking for the best situations. He's not looking for structure. Uh, I just think he is a guy who is tough to satisfy and he probably can never be satisfied. So that that's what he displayed in Houston. That's what he displayed in his brief time in Brooklyn, his long 13 month uh, reign in Brooklyn. That's what he displayed there and Philadelphia will regret this. Can I say that they will regret the trade for James Harden because in the whole process and trust the process they had if I'm following the lines on it they probably peaked in, in, in process dynamics they peaked when they almost when they came uh, just a bad bounce away from beating Toronto in game seven Kawhi Leonard making that shot and sending them on to win that series that was the best the process ever was and probably will ever be that this ain't it when they had Jimmy Butler and Joel and they hmm. will regret trading for James Harden on the other way because you're talking, you're talking, think, you're talking like it's Antonio Brown. I, last time you said something it, like this was Antonio Brown with the Bucks. Yeah, I think for James Harden his mountaintop was somewhere in Houston and briefly in Brooklyn, but He's sliding. He's on the other side. He's on the side. He's going down and he's got so he's so talented. I'll give him that not not for me. Not for me. It might be for y'all, but not for me. He's so talented that when he slides, it's, <clears throat> it's not that he's going to become a replacement level player. He's still an all star player, but they've had all star players. They have one. They just traded an all star player younger, better defensively. Who's, uh, who's uh, that? An equal. Who's that? Better. Def- who's that? Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, all-star player. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed, I, I, I missed the part where I missed the part where Ben Simmons was playing for Philadelphia. I'm sorry. I, okay, I, maybe I was. Not maybe this, I, okay, I, we I'm, know not this year. But okay, come on. Not probably not ever. I mean, okay. Unless you're suggesting that they could have gotten better for Ben Simmons, I got to reject your entire premise. They they okay. got the best player in this trade. Even if James Harden no. is not the player he was a few years ago, they got the best player in the deal. They got if the you maybe, say, maybe okay, they got the best player in the deal, but they didn't get the best fit they, for them. How they long? Well, how long? Are, how are long they before this him? goes bad? You think sign, you think okay, I'll get to that in a second. I, I'll get to that. That, that, is the, that is the operative question. Well, they shouldn't because they'll be paying him out the ass when he's 37 years old. But wait a second. That's right, actually well, short term and long term. Okay. They're just a trade on so paper. Trade and then they're, well, Ben Simmons was giving you nothing. And I like Seth Curry a lot. Harden's better than Seth Curry, even now. Okay? Yes, clear. I'm, no, not I'm even, like, not, I'm, no, no lies. I'm like, no and lies the same, told, say, yeah. I mean, I love what Andre Drummond was given the Sixers, but he, he's worth giving up for James Harden. They kept Maxi, they kept Thibault, most important. Okay, um, and I'm like Les Snead, f them picks. Okay, I ain't worry about no draft picks. Okay. Not even with a championship. I don't care about that. All right. Yeah. So anyway, but they ain't gonna win a championship. They're not a championship he, team. You know they got. You well, know they lost my fifty last night. <laughs> I, mean, like, I saw that. I know Harden was there. We're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. I know. We're gonna get. We'll get to that. We'll get to that when we when we, uh, when we link up with Mark Spears in a few minutes. We'll get to that. But in terms of the fit basketball wise, even though I'm not convinced it's the perfect fit that Harden says it is, 
given how much Embiid needs the ball, how much the offense needs to run through him. How he, he's not a complimentary player to James Harden. He's more of a pop than a role guy, even though he can do both in the pick and roll. Yeah. But I just, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not convinced, but I do believe in Harden's ability to adapt. Okay, and if you're telling me you're putting right. a leading candidate for MVP this year next to a former MVP, I'll take those chances with everything else that Philly got around it. Now, for the long term, though, I'm with you. I couldn't help but watch James Harden and think, oh, you say that's all the girls, or you say that's all the teams. Like, that's the same game we've been running every time he ran through somebody, a, a co star in Houston, when he ran to Brooklyn, and he claims that Philadelphia was his first choice. Maybe, maybe not. But that's real convenient to say that now. But yeah. he, he, it was a perfect fit in Brooklyn until it wasn't. Now, the reasons why it wasn't, Kyrie's a convenient target. Well, if Kyrie had been vaccinated, Harden, you know, he wouldn't have drove hard. Now, Durant's a convenient target. Look, man, I know you can't believe everything you read. But if you haven't already, read uh, Jake Fisher on Bleacher Report. Inside Kevin Durant's role in Brooklyn Nets, James Harden trade. We knew Durant was a shadow GM to begin with. But let me tell you something, homie. This article and the things you hear about Harden and continue to hear about Harden are not flattering when it comes to his professionalism, when it comes to right. his true commitment to winning, when it comes to his clubbing habits, when it comes to how hurt is he or was he, you know, when, especially when things go poorly. There are some people who when things are going great, they're great. There are some people when things go badly, they checked out. Harden is now checked out on a second franchise and I don't know how many superstar uh, uh, co-stars. At a certain point, it's got to be you. And so, yeah, that, that, will he right. want to be a free that's agent? Right. Will he want to be a free agent in the offseason just because he wants to be a free agent and wants to be wooed? Maybe. I mean, but he's always had this wandering eye. He's always looking. It's, hey, going back to the best man. I, I, I'll wrap up my commentary going back to the best man. Shelby, I hope you find what you're looking for. Because I intend right. to do that. I intend to do just that. I hope James Harden finds what he's looking for. Maybe it's in Philly. Maybe it's not. But based on what sources, for whatever it's worth, are saying, I wasn't wrong about the Brooklyn Nets, even without Kyrie Irving. That could have worked. But James Harden didn't want it to work. Maybe because he didn't want to work that hard. Maybe he was but like, nah, yeah, man, okay. I came here to, okay. to ride your coattails yeah, and ride your coattails. Why am I out here by myself when Durant hurt and he unvaccinated? Why am I carrying this heavy load? I ain't signed up for this, which is a prerogative, but a healthy Kevin Durant and a healthy James Harden could have made it. They could have, they could have contended. And yeah, this is my, this is my shoe size. This is my, if they weren't hurt. Yeah, I ain't letting that go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could have yeah, won yeah, it yeah. in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. Take if Harden would have been committed to seeing it through. That that's all, I'm, that's all I got to say about that. Take Yo, that, I'm not L. that L. Take no, James Harden that, that L, L. And, and, and put it and, and put it on put it on a chain. Wear it. That's your piece. Wear it. You do it in silver. It look good. It look good. L. Because you can't say I wasn't wrong about the Brooklyn Nets and then turn around and say, well, you know James Harden didn't want it to work. That's part of the calculus. Part of the calculus <laughs> is they all I assume, they all okay. go by. I in. assumed he was committed. I assumed okay, he was okay, all that's in. That's different. Okay, that's fair. I'll and I made that. an ass that's out of well, not you, you and wrong. me, but just me. Yeah, I, I was wrong right. about, but but I was wrong for the right reasons, though. You know, or I was right for the wrong reasons. Either way, 
Okay, it could have worked, but once again it didn't. And I'm looking at James Harden kind of funny in the light more than I have. And so before. why do you? Okay, so and it, now, so why, now, it doesn't why do you, mean that Durant great. wasn't a problem at, in certain respects. So okay. maybe he's got too much sway, but maybe right. James ain't used to somebody else running the show. Kyrie, could he have been vaccinated? Sure, it is what it is. He may turn out to not have to I be like vaccinated when it's all said and done. Harden I like keeps, what you're keeps hopping, yeah. you know. Wherever Your he lays his head is his home. Stop being such a professional Rolling Stone. Okay. Your logic works in Connecticut, where you are, works in Connecticut. Let's keep moving. It works in Brooklyn. Why doesn't it work in Eastern Pennsylvania? It works in Philly too. If he wasn't, um, if he wasn't professional in Brooklyn, what makes you think he's going to be a professional? I don't know. I don't know. That, that, was, that was my skepticism. And, so basketball, that's and why he I wasn't said. a pro. Yeah. He, he wasn't but a pro in Houston either on the way out. That's why they don't regret it because they got the better player. We'll see if I'm with you. So I understand what? your doubts, but if the better but, but you player, say they'll regret it. They upgraded they and they got rid of somebody that wasn't going to play at they all. Upgraded Simmons wasn't playing for them on the and, court. and won't shoot. They, they upgraded in theory. In theory, in theory there you ain't go. Win your game. There you go. In theory, but when, that's go. not going to win your championship. And they'll figure that out. They'll be like, what? He, why me? Why me stand after practice? Why is, why is he hanging out so much? Wait, why why, why is, is he, he flying ready? somewhere else when we why is he flying to a different city than we are? Right. So Southeast of Pennsylvania that. Transportation Authority is what I'm probably on if I ain't whipping the land to Rochester Sex Sean. Keep going. No, that's, that's enough. We gotta go to break. Spears waiting for it. Uh, yeah. Hey, Mark J. Spears from the Undefeated is here. I've been dying to ask Michael Holly this all show. And now I got both of y'all, so both of y'all can break it down. Spears, you first, then Michael. Um, all right, so yeah, Harden rang the bell. That, that outfit was awful. He did his press conference, which we'll get to in a minute. Simmons did his press conference and the other. Meanwhile, Boston, winners of nine straight, 11 of 12. They should make it 10 straight tonight. I think they got the Kings, if I'm not Detroit. mistaken. I forget. They got Pistons. somebody. Detroit. Uh, that's what it is. Detroit. Thank you. Yeah. So they should make it 10 straight. Their defense has been incredible. They beat the brakes off the Sixers last night, albeit a shorthanded Sixers team. Spears, how did the Celtics, because at one point it felt like they were struggling to figure it out, find an identity. How did they not only find it, but start thriving, slash how much of a factor can they be come playoff time in the Eastern Conference? I did want to ask you: Are y'all not paying a cold bill at your house? Why you still? Why you got a beanie on right now? I don't know. Just in that, in that kind of mood. That I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe my hair, maybe my hairline isn't what it usually is. I don't oh, know. Oh, my, my bad, no. yeah, I, I didn't think of that. Maybe I thought. Maybe I thought. Maybe I thought it complimented the hoodie. I don't know. Maybe it's a look. Maybe you it's a mood. You in you LA? Right. You. Did you ever? Did you find somebody in L.A.? Did you find a barber out there? Oh, I did. He did a good. Yeah, he did a good. Yeah, he did a good job. Okay. He did. Okay. All right. Okay. Oh, I thought I'm that was old, I thought that was an ode to the dancers of the Super Bowl show or something like that. Maybe that was an ode. To <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. To answer your question, oh, you just want you just want to get those off. You want to get those right. jokes off first. Right. Right. No, I, I love you. I miss y'all, man. Y'all was supposed to go to dinner <laughs> with me in Boston. You skipped out, so I owe you both one. Hey man, listen, oh, listen, out. You know, things happen. Damn. Things happen. Things happen. Damn. Yeah, that's all right. I, I didn't hold a grudge. Um, Celtics, I think one, you're getting used to your new coach. That takes time, right? Two, health. Three, I, I like their addition, getting the big back from Houston. 
Should have never had traded them. And so now they're finally getting on the same page and realizing that the trade deadline is over too. In Los Angeles, after the trade deadline, I'm curious to see how the Lakers look today. You could see like a sigh of relief after the trade deadline passed. And obviously the Celtics were playing well before the trade deadline too. But they just finally are a healthy team getting on the same page. And I knew there was going to be a problem before the season. At least I thought they would be uh, from talking to both Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown before the uh, season started and their excitement uh, playing towards each other. And these are two superstars where there's no ego between them. There's no drama between them. They just want to win. And so they've, they've like, the East has a lot of scary teams right now. And I'm glad that Boston is um, finally showing that they are what they're supposed to be now. And, um, you know, but they, they made some smart moves at the trade deadline that I thought didn't, you know, upset their team, but enhanced their team and made them better. So I, I really like what Boston's doing right now. Yeah, you, yeah you're right, Yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I think uh, Ime Udoka is a big part of this. Uh, they asked for him. They, you know, they tuned out Brad Stevens last year. He knew it. It was obvious. Uh, they didn't have anything against him personally, but they just stopped. They really stopped responding to him. He was there for seven years as a coach, seven, eight years as a coach, and most of his teams overperformed. Last year, his team underachieved. And so the players talked to Stevens and they wanted Udoka in there. And you know, the great thing is Spears, you know him from, from dealing with uh, Ime. I mean, the guy is not, he just says it. Like if it's on his mind, he's going to tell you. They didn't play yeah. well. He's like, hey, we didn't play well. He'll call out guys, not in a mean-spirited way, but just as a matter of fact, and you yeah. have to deal with that. And so his first press conference, Mike Smith, first press conference, they're asking him, hey, uh, you know, what do you think about the team? He was like, well, you know, sorry, Brad. Brad Stevens sitting right next to him. Y'all didn't pass great last year. Y'all were like 27th in assists. <laughs> He's like, dude, this is my boss. I'm just going to I'm going to the boss. Oh, I the said, oh that contract signed. Yeah. That contract yeah. signed. I got direct deposit. You got to deal with this, okay? I got my money. Right. So you got to hear my truth. And so those guys, early in the season, he said they got, we got punked. He said that. Brad Stevens could never talk to him like that. Because if they did, they'd be like, Brad, that ain't you. But that's Ime Udoka. And they finally just, I think they just got into what he was talking about. He challenged Jason Tatum, challenged Jalen Brown, said, I want you guys to be playmakers, not just scorers. I think they struggled for a while. We should be better defensively. They did it for a while. They went off on a lapse. And now they're back. So I'll, I'll give him the credit. And those guys are playing like stars, both of them, Tatum and Brown. Are, are playing like all-stars. One of them is an official all-star, Jalen Brown, unofficially. I mean, he didn't make the team, but he's playing like an all-star, too. And, and you guys have made several best man references. Have you guys met Nia? Yeah. Since she since she's Unfo- become uh, a part of the Celtics? Unfortunately not. Unfortunately not, no. I'm wow. I've not had the pleasure. Not Tell not us a story. Play. Tell us a story. This is, okay, first of all, this just becomes the most... trying to, like... I'm not this trying to becomes the most important. Ime, you know what I mean. What you're about to say becomes the most important thing in this interview. You've met her? <laughs> no, I have. Uh, not really. No. Okay, okay. I've been around her, but I've not met her. But I just assume yeah. y'all being at the press conference, being around the team. I ain't got it like that. No, 
Yo, you talking about? Being the best man fans that you guys would have said hello. <laughs> he probably was for sure. No, no. I no, doubt it. I, I'm, I, not, doing that. I I'm not doing that for many. Let's, let, for many let's change the subject before I say before I let's say something say, right. that I that yeah. I that I shouldn't. Which is, yeah. So we talk, exactly. we're talking about talking about the talking about Spears. the Celtics. See Spears, you know what? Hold on, Mike. Mike, I just want to point this out. Mark Spears is a troublemaker. I, like yeah, I know what I'm time. saying. He's got like he got like big a time. troublemaker spirit. You know, he's just trying to stir things up, man. Just and he just and he, and he says and he, and, and he says it real smooth, so you don't really catch it. Like, wait yeah. a second. But all right, um, I want to talk about the Lakers. Um, it was so funny. Uh, my son, uh, Celtics fan from growing up in New England and Boston, we in LAX. He's like, can I have that Lakers hat? I'm like, dude, you understand that that's not how that works, right? Like, you got to commit. But anyway, I bought him a Lakers hat. So uh, the Lakers, speaking of buying. Buyout market, yeah. if anything, is what's going to help them, not the trade deadline. But I think I saw you tweet something to the effect of uh, maybe it was Anthony Davis and or LeBron James suggesting that the trade line being passed, even if there were reports that they weren't on the same page with Rob Palenka about the urgency of the trade deadline, the trade line having passed is actually, uh, you know, a benefit, a, a silver lining for them or a benefit to them. Now they could just focus on who they have. Is that just spin or is there something no, legitimate? To uh, I went to their game on on Saturday, and it just I've I went to several Lakers games, and it's been tense, especially after the game. The mood of the team, disappointments after loss, the pressure uh, has been really heavy on them. But this was a it, 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 I don't know if you could have a good loss, but this was a good loss for them because they were competitive. They they should have beat the Warriors that night. The, Clay Thompson went into Superman mode and stole the game away from them, but there were a lot of positives to be taken. Like, Russ seemed to play without stress. He, he looked good. Um, LeBron had a good game. Anthony Davis was okay, but the, the fight was there. Um, this was a different Lakers team, and I was told at the practice the day before that Frank Vogel said, look, we got to refocus. These are going to be the, you know, 15 guys that we have. So ain't nobody coming in here to save us. And let's go. And I think they took note of that. And I actually talked to Magic Johnson um, this morning. And he said he saw LeBron James at, at the Super Bowl, of course, right? They hung out. And, um, he said he told him, man, if you guys can play like you did against the Warriors, then uh, I'm excited for what's to come with this team. And Magic also told me that he was so tonight, the Lakers get a real, real big test, another test. Uh, they playing the Utah Jazz, and yeah. this could give them some really good momentum going into the All Star break. If they have a, you know, a positive game, a, a win uh, against the Jazz, right? Um, so I'm really, really curious to see how the Lakers fare tonight. There, I, I think they have had a couple days to kind of move on past the trade deadline, and um, I'd, I'd, if they could win tonight, maybe they've shaken it off. Uh, certainly there's a lot of questions still with this roster. There's a lot of health that you got to worry about. Will Russ fit in? But from what I saw on Saturday, that was about as encouraging as a game, even in a loss that I've seen with this Lakers squad. All right. Uh, that being said, Mark Spears, uh, how do you feel about that bet? How do you feel about that bet in the Lakers? Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about it? I'm, I'm still feeling oh, good. Don't tell me because I know you're gonna do it because we already we already shook on it. You can't back out now. Just, and I'm looking forward to the wine that you're gonna send here. 
Because I know you got excellent you know, taste. You know what? You know what your I know you problem got, with. You know what your problem I know you is got with little, this too. I know because you, you know right, I got right. good taste in wine. So you know I ain't right, gonna right. send you no Boom Farm. Right, right. You know it's gonna. And plus, you know what I mean. If I lose. My point is, after I win, I don't know what you sending me. What you mean? After For, win, okay, y'all, t- y'all, like, y'all, hey guys, how, hey guys, guys. I'm just waiting. Hold on, hold on, no, wait, wait. T- no, should we no, remind, should TV, we remind the public thank what you. the vet is? Like TV 101. Like, don't nobody know what the hell y'all talking about. So, guys, so right, for listen. those who may have missed it last time, okay, the bet was Spears thought the Lakers would get out of the first round, if I recall correctly. Holly yeah. did not think they would get out of the first round. That's the bet. Right. That was a few. It might have been a couple of months ago at this point, but it was no, no. You know, a few weeks ago, but but I'm okay, saying it all runs together. I don't think I don't think they will. I don't think they'll make the playoffs. Like Mark, you're talking about. I'm looking at the standings huh? now. They're 26. They're 26 and 30. Oh, you've upped the ante. Now they won't make it. I, that's okay. No, no, I, that's I'm, I'm just saying. I, look, I, I'm not going to up the ante. I'm going to keep the original terms of the bet, but I, I, I'm I feel good about the first round. It's hard we to win the first change, round. We can change you know, the conditions if it, you feel No, I don't want you. No, no, no. About... I, I got leverage. No, I got leverage, and I'm, I'm comfortable <laughs> with it. But what I'm saying to you is, what I'm saying is, they're 26 and 31. That means they got 25 games left. They're running out of time. Like, I understand what you're saying. In all seriousness, you know, playing well, they did play well against the Warriors, but is is do you think? I know what Magic is saying. Magic <clears throat> is so biased; he loves the Lakers. Do you think that this is the group? Does this group can this? Does this group have the ability to self-correct, or is it just is it just the flawed group that we see? I mean, if they win the play, and that's around. No, it doesn't work like that. No, it's not. No, it's no. not. No, respectfully. No, that's not the same thing. See, that's see, not the same thing. I, uh, you, uh, I don't even trust you. I feel like I don't even know you anymore, man. That reeks of desperation. I feel like I don't even know this, bro. Mike, pivot. Mike, pivot. Look, as the neutral party here, I'm going to stick in it. I'm not walking away from it. I said what I said. They still got LeBron James on their team. He still who, got by the way, Davis on their team. Who, by the I'm way, by has, scored tw- has scored 25 points in consecutive games. I think it's like 22 straight games, something like that. But anyway, longest streak of his career in year 19, which is incredible. Spears, you, I told you this off camera, you did a phenomenal job asking all the right questions to Ben Simmons. It felt like you did everybody's job for him. Every question I heard in the press conference was from you. Um, your biggest takeaway, first from your, you know, your conversation or Ben Simmons press conference uh, and take that wherever you want to go, but also uh, tag that with whether you think this trade, uh, you know, reaps benefits for either team, both teams or neither team. Uh, to answer your first question, there's two things that stood out. One, Ben gave you a bunch of read in between the line quotes. He, he didn't want to. Um, to start any fires, right? He, he didn't want to get into a contest, as you know what I mean, one of those kind of contests. He took the high road. Now, whether that changes uh, as time passes, as he talks to more people, does more interviews, who knows? But I could tell that he, this wasn't the time, but there was a lot of, like, little in-between, like, hey, like I asked him one of the questions, uh, what about... Um, what was said about you that bothered you the most and what was misinterpreted? And he's like, 
man, if we sat and talked about that, it would take all day. So that, yeah. that told me a lot there. The one thing that kind of like was painful to listen to and painful to hear, like, hey, man, you, we, we got all these people who think they're doctors, right? Think they're psychologists or whatever. If, if somebody tells you that they're hurting mentally, I believe them. I take it yeah. serious. And, and there's some personal things that I've dealt with in my life that, you know, I won't share now that makes me feel that way. So when somebody says, you know, please be happy that I'm smiling right now because I was just in a very dark place. Like to hear him face to face say that. Yeah. That, 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 that wasn't fun to hear. Right. Especially. Oh. Yeah. Uh, with, with the focus on mental health uh, in a good way nowadays. Um, like, I, look, we, whether he could shoot in the fourth quarter, whether he could make a free throw, all these things, you, we could debate. But if the man says he's not doing well mentally, I'm going to believe him. And, and okay. as far as and, and terms we, of the trade, it's, I think it's a win for both sides because both guys wanted to change and, and these are the teams they wanted to go to. All right, so we talked about this earlier and, and Mark, uh, I hear what you're saying. Wait, I'm sorry, all... Mark, wait, Mike, Mike, I know you got to follow up real quick. I just want to clarify something real quick. I hadn't heard that. Did ben, this is the team that Ben wanted to go to or did Maury just want Harden? Like did Ben really want to go to the Nets? I, I hadn't heard that. I'm sorry, I think Mike, he I wanted to, sure. to go anywhere. He just wanted to okay, leave. Okay. He almost didn't get traded. Okay, anywhere but Philly. Gotcha. Anywhere <laughs> but Philly. Got like, right, think Mike, about what continue. he must have felt on. Like I did ask, also ask him, like, what were your emotions on that last day? Yeah, it, but it, it just made sense. Like they should have did, did, did this trade a month ago. Like I knew a it month ago happened. that Harden wanted to go there, right? Yeah, Ben was cool with going there, and and I'm sure uh, I, I heard that Kevin was okay with something like several weeks ago. So yeah, uh, both teams basically just wasted time. Uh, yeah, but um, Michael. What I think Ben fits what the Nets need too. Like he's a good fit. Exactly. They got enough shooters. He ain't got to shoot. I, I, you know, Mike, what were you about to say? Mark, yeah, yeah, Mark. Without without going down the the specifics of what I talked about and what Mike talked about, I'll just ask you this: uh, when it when it comes to mental health and an athlete, and particularly basketball, you're covering basketball. Where do you make the separation? You personally make the separation between what that athlete says about their mental health and the job that you have to do in covering how they play the game. So, yeah, he may have mental health issues, but you also have to evaluate him as a player. Does that change? Once you hear him say that, does that change your criticism of him uh, as a basketball player? Like, how, do, you, do you put him in different compartments? Are they... No. One, like, how, how you do I, I, I don't. I think they're mutually exclusive. I just think if somebody tells you that they got an issue, it needs to be taken seriously. Um, I, I don't think he is afraid to play the game of basketball. I think he, he wants to play. He was asked about playing in, in Philly, and he said, yeah, I do hope I play that game. Now, I'm hearing that he'll be back sometime in mid-March. I don't, I don't, from what I could tell, I don't think he's fearful of going. I do still pretty good. I know he had a bad postseason, but he's still a two-time All-Star and one of the best defenders in the world and, and an elite player. Um, so I don't think he's scared of the competition. Uh, I think there's more to the story. 
that perhaps we're not uh, privy to right now. We're not privy to. Yeah, and that's, and that's what I was saying earlier, that um, he didn't owe us a therapy session. He didn't have to be crying or bare his soul yeah. for his, uh, his struggles to be legitimate. Mark Spears, bro, we appreciate you, man. Thanks for dropping knowledge. Um, and, uh, yeah, don't, don't ever try to, like, change a bet. <laughs> yeah, like, that no, was, he the one that I'm was, talking that was, about. That was, that was, he he, he the one that was playing. You, you know good. I had to try. That was funny. That was funny. That's like, a, just, that's like, that's like just, a, the first four. Yeah. <laughs> it's the NCAA tournament. Like, I, okay, I guess. Sure. Hey, you man, like, don't dog all day. Always yeah. put the HBCUs in the first four, man. Don't dog that out. Don't oh, why you got to make it about that? Okay, you know, I, you you know, know what, what I mean. Yeah. I'm just saying. Because they expanded. Why, why, why is the HBCU always in the first four, man? Why can't they get no respect? Come on, man. That's right. Number 62, number 61, something. If we were, if we were white, it would have been asparagus years. tips. Just yeah. come out. Call us Jungle Brothers. <laughs> Thank you. Well, All right, man. Appreciate, appreciate we can't you, win, man. man. We can't oh, win. Wow. Be oh, good. Man. All right, love you. This is taking a turn. Love you too, this man. Is taking a turn. Love you too, man. So while we were in LA, um, we had planned to have Professor Eddie Galaud Jr. Uh, on the show, but some technical difficulties uh, prevented us from being great that day. But today is a great day because our good friend Professor Galad is with us uh, as we have returned from L.A. Meanwhile, uh, he tweeted that he decided not to watch the Super Bowl. He's a lifelong Steelers fan, but I think I am done uh, with the NFL. Uh, Professor, you and I messaged privately about this as well, that you were done with the NFL. Simply, why? Well, first of all, it's just wonderful to see you, uh, see you both. Great to see you. Um, Likewise. You know, I'm tired of being in a position where, as a consumer, as someone who gives his time, as someone who uh, loyally uh, affiliates with uh, a team, uh, to, 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 in some ways, identify with a league that has no real interest uh, in, in the things I care about. And, you know, from Colin Kaepernick to even before then, you know, uh, grappling with the issues of race around, around uh, coaches and owners uh, and seeing the way in which the league was, in effect, gaslighting uh, around this issue. And at this point in my life, uh, y'all, I, I, they can just kiss my behind. I have no interest in it anymore. Uh, and I'm a, I will die a Steelers fan. Uh, but uh, it will be in memory, uh, not not moving forward. So it was just me just saying, why am I spending my time with people, mm-hmm. with with an industry that doesn't really give a damn about what I care about? Is this a recent decision, or have you felt this way for a while and just gave voice to it a couple of days ago? I've felt this way for a while. You know, since, you know, and the Kaepernick situation is complex. We know it's complex in terms of how the issue was resolved, in terms of some of the other players and the like. But, you know, I used to watch football uh, in the NFL from, you know, start with the starting uh, shows until the late night game. Uh, My wife, who was my fiance at the time, watched me just watch football all day. Um, And Mm -hmm. and Super Bowl days, playoffs, that's all I was locked in. 
But I found myself as I got older, and particularly around the way in which um, uh, the league responded to uh, Black Lives Matter and, and, and Colin Kaepernick, pulling away. And then this was just simply the icing on the cake. Because when you and I were messaging, and you told me, you know, you didn't, you didn't get into this much detail, but when I was apologizing that we weren't able to talk to you, you were like, no worries. Mm-hmm. And you also, get, you also showed us some love on Twitter, and we appreciate that. Uh, you know, we thank you. retweeted thank it, but you also thank you for showing us some love about our conversation. But I told you, I said, and Michael and I actually talked about this. Was this Monday, Michael, in L.A.? That yeah, as I was, was packing to day. leave, yeah, as I was packing to leave to go to not only bring brother from another to L.A., but also be a part mm-hmm. of NBC's pregame coverage, I felt uh, conflicted. More so than ever, I always realized that I was a part of the larger machine. Once a part of time, I was an NFL insider, so reporting on, you know, the news Mm -hmm. of the NFL. But even as somebody who's, you know, talking about it every day and debating about it every day with my man, Michael Holly, that I am feeding our national uh, insatiable appetite for this sport. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, I wonder if deep down in places they don't talk about at parties, whether the NFL looks at, the Flores lawsuit or any kind of controversy and just says all publicity is good publicity. I said on Sunday, uh, Professor, that it feels like we are in Sal's famous asking why ain't no black people on the wall. Meanwhile, right. business is booming. You know what I mean? And so what am I to do feeling that way about what it is that I do to contribute to the NFL machine while feeling that same angst, that same tension that you feel about the NFL's uh, lip service at best that it pays to the issues that affect us. As I said about the halftime show, they want our rhythm but not our blues. What am I to do Absolutely. with that? Yeah. You know, I think it, it informs your commentary. It has informed your commentary. It has informed uh, the way in which both you and Mike exhibit a kind of courage around sport to bring the issues, you know, squarely to the table, right? So, so I think it's important to understand I have, as a football fan, I have a choice, right? And I exercise my choice, right? If you don't have an interest in me, I don't have an interest in you. I, I don't think we're obligated to buy Sal's pizza. I can go and find another slice somewhere else, right? And so with you though, with you and Mike, I think it's really important to understand that if you're not there, somebody else is gonna be there. Someone who might not have uh, your sensibility someone who might not have your insights, someone who might not have your politics. And so we always have to be conscious of the spaces we occupy and the work that we're doing in those spaces that we occupy. So as a fan, I can make that choice. But the platform that you two have, it's important to understand the responsibility that you have to speak the truth to these people who listen to you and not to give it up Mm. because you know who they're gonna put in your place. And I, mm-hmm. and I, as I told you, as I told you, uh, as we, as we texted to each other, I have this sometimes when I find myself on, on television, having to debate people that I vehemently disagree with, but I find myself in those spaces, opening up space for a different kind yeah. of conversation. And I think it's really important that you guys continue to do that. But as a fan, the NFL can kiss my ass. I heard that. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I heard that. Oh, I love it. I love I love the way you phrase that the, uh, from from start to finish. And I want to ask you, uh, particularly in, in your position and the, the number of people that you see and you interact with, whether they're students or uh, colleagues of yours, 
Do you see any parallels? Because people always say this. Hey, what Brian Flores was talking about in his lawsuit, that is the story of corporate America. You can make that case in any industry. Well, do you see it in your industry? Whether it is academia, whether it's TV, and are there any examples when you heard about that lawsuit, did something resonate with you and you said, ah, this is a familiar, this is echoes of fill in the blank. I'm just wondering what, what your perspective no, is. No, absolutely. The NFL is doing what most corporations do, right? They, they, they establish a rule and the way in which they approach diversity is to check the, bo the compliance box. That's all they want to do. How far do we go to be in compliance, right? Did we, did we interview X number of coaches? We're in compliance, right? And there's no real serious commitment to diversity as such. And so, and then we find ourselves caught up in the trap. And this is a, this is a very complex point, but I think we need to make it. This, what's being revealed in this moment is, is also the danger of, of, of a certain kind of politics of representation. So you can have uh, the, the, the argument that the NFL needs to diversify its coaching ranks. You have 70% black players. You only have two black coaches, one just hired recently. And, and so we can talk about that. But the way in which we talk about it has to be nuanced because then they'll give you a halftime show and see, see, representation. Then they'll go out yeah. and hire Loretta Lynch. See, representation, right? So if you get caught up in representation only, where you're only looking for black faces in high places, then you're going to get caught out there with the games that people play with representation. We're talking about substantive significant change. And when you look across America, not just simply in sport, but in higher education, in places like I work, when you look at it in corporate America, from Goldman Sachs to, to travel insurance, we see the same, same issues at work where the country isn't really committed to diversity, but only committed to performing it. And, and asking us to shut up and be grateful. You know what, uh, Professor, I, I, I think that's a, a great way to segue into what I thought was a beautifully written poignant piece by you in the Washington Post on, on black history. And I love the way you ended it, you know, talking about growing up in Mississippi and there's something weighing on you. You said the witches are riding your back. That's what the folks would say to you. And you said that the country, our country, our past, is riding us. What what do we do with that? Or do we people who look like mm. us, do we do nothing with it and push it back and say, all right, here's a mirror. Look at yourself in this mirror and make some and make some changes or at least consider what that reflection is telling you. Oh, absolutely. We are the mirror. That's why there's always this ongoing effort to, to, to remove us from, from the scene because people don't want to see what's being reflected back, you see. The, the story that we tell ourselves orient us to these ethical and broader ethical and moral questions. The past haunts, the ghost, are, the ghost of our past have the, actually have the country by the throat. And you see in this moment where there is a kind of, there's a different America struggling to be born. And there's an America that, that and there's an America that seems to be dying and, and really struggling not to be placed on the cooling board, as it were. That in this moment of, 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 of storm and stress, of anxiety about what kind of country we will be, it makes sense that there would be an all-out assault on the past. The people who, who threw rocks and stones at Ruby Bridges don't want their children and their grandchildren to know that they actually threw the stones. 
They don't want they don't want uh, their grandchildren to understand. Right. The journey, the storms that we had to go through to get to now, because they want to revel in a kind of innocence, because the innocence in some ways allows them to believe that this is and remains the greatest nation on Earth when we know that that's an aspiration, not a reality. So I think our task is to tell the truth, is to bear witness, is to be that mirror and not allow these people to turn to turn away and not allow. And how can how can I put this, guys? We can't capitulate to their desire to be innocent. Mm -hmm. We just have to bear witness. We just have to bear witness and let the fall, let the let 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 dominoes fall how they may fall. Hey, listen, and let the church I, say, I, and Mike, I give it to you. Amen. I was going to say, yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say, and it's as perfect that you would say it that way, Mike, because I was going to say to Professor Glog, look, I know you wrote about James Baldwin. That James Baldwin, the preacher, <laughs> yeah. the kid preacher, James Baldwin, the novelist, essay is James Baldwin is speaking through you right now. That is Baldwin all the way. Bearing witness. Word. Um, and speaking of bearing witness, uh, we will get you out of here because we like your sports takes too. By the way, ran into Lewis Riddick yeah. uh, on the sidelines pregame. If he gets that Steelers gig, you are allowed to root for Lewis Riddick and Mike Tomlin, <laughs> even if you want to keep the NFL at arm's length. Because you know, Yo, so, I might, I might, you know, I might check every. I might look, yeah. look at the stat yeah. line and stuff. You know, yeah. I might not be exactly. watching games, but. <laughs> but you watching the wire though. Uh, I'll, I'll, we'll get, we, we know you got your sports takes too, man. Um, speaking of bearing witnesses, your boy LeBron James. No, you a Laker guy. Um, they didn't do anything at the trade deadline. We'll see if don't, they all go to the buyout. Don't admit yeah, that. Publicly. You know, don't admit that. So, I, so you you taking all your NFL energy and I know you put it in the NBA. <laughs> your Lakers. Yes, yes. Are you hopeful? Because because your man Michael Holly today just I ain't trying to snitch or nothing like that. He don't even have your squad making the playoffs this year. He ain't got to make it the playoffs this year. I just want you to know that's, that's how dire I might be with it looks. I might meet with Mike on that one, but I want to say though, 19 years in the league, and what we're seeing from LeBron, I mean, it's it's mind blowing to be honest with you. Da, be honest that's with how you. I watch just, the Lakers. I don't even watch them through the prism of contenders. I watch him watching LeBron James have the longest streak of 25 point games of his career at 37 in year 19. I just I, I'm but just I watching the Kings. I want to remind right you guys. I want to remind you on this show when they made the trades to constitute this team. What did I say? I said this what is feeling? going to be a. I said this was going to be a disaster. I didn't know how they were going to work on the court. I knew it was going to be a disaster. Me and my son. I actually passed on my Laker love to my baby, who's now a grown man, <laughs> and we both said, "This not gonna work. This not gonna work." So I'm just been paying attention to what I take to be a historic season on the part of LeBron yes. James. The longevity of this brother, we just got to lift him up. And you know he's shooting for Kareem. You know, if he if he if he passes Kareem in the number of points, then we might have a Don't conversation. Do Don't do it. But about what? But we're not gonna well, have a conversation, that conversation about what. A conversation about what? I mean, <laughs> don't even know. Yeah, don't yeah, even yeah. try it. No. Oh my wait, gosh! Wait, she wait, sound wait, like Michael. What do you mean? She sound like Holly. There it is. There it is. No, no. Oh it's my it. gosh. Yeah, yeah. We can have the conversation, but I, I, before we have that conversation, now is your son? Is he over twenty-one? Yeah, he's twenty-six. Mm -hmm. He's okay. Twenty-six. Okay, so I, I because I'm a generous guy and I have so much respect for you and your family. 
I'm going to share my winnings with you because I have a bet with intrepid NBA reporter Mark Spears. He had the nerve to bet me some good wine. He's got good taste too, Doc. He bet me some oh, good wine great. that um, the Lakers would make it out of the first round. Now they'll be fortunate to make it out of the play-in series, uh, but he said they're going to make it out of the first round, and if they don't, he's going to send me a case. Some good wine, so we'll have some wine together. Like all, all of us, you, your son, Drawing the Michaels, sorrows, basically. We'll yeah. find a space. We'll come to Princeton. It's not that far from us. We need to get down we'll there. We need, hey, we need to get down there anyway. Hey. We need to break bread anyway with you. So I would love that. Let's put, I let's, would love let's put that. that on the books, Professor. Hey, thank hey, you, so Michael. Much. Enjoy your case, bro. We'll bring the wine. Because they're not getting out. The, they're not getting out the first round. If they get in, that, so enjoy your case, Doc. We appreciate you. Enjoy you. Thank it you so much. All right. Appreciate y'all. Take care. Stay safe. All right. Talk to you again soon. All right, Giannis, again and again, always uh, raises stupid. the bar. Look at that. That's just stupid. It's 50 points. Mike oh, 21 Smith. shots. 17 oh, 21 shots. Also, also 14 rebounds. 14 rebounds. There are only a few guys who have done that who have had 50.14 rebound games. Uh, Giannis is one of them. So is Carl Malone. So is a guy you may have heard of named Wilt Chamberlain. So Giannis, he hadn't had a 50 point game since game six of the NBA Finals. And uh, Chris Williamson from SNY joins us. And I, I just want to say, Chris, what's up, dude? Uh, what's up, baby? Let's get it. Let's hey, get it. What's it's an honor. I'm glad to be here. And, and, and we're glad you're here because I want to ask you about Giannis. I, I look at it, and I've told Mike this before. I haven't seen a lot of guys who get better in the NBA Finals. Usually, you get to the NBA Finals, you play your game, and okay, greatness just shows out. But Giannis was better in game six than he was in game five and he was better in game five than he was in game four. I mean, and I feel like he's still ascending. If you look at Giannis, how do you assess him right now uh, at this point in his career? He's one of the greatest players in the game easily, right? Because he's a minute down low in the paint. He's one of the best defenders, you know, when it comes to guarding the perimeter, but also in the paint. This is a guy who has gotten better each and every single year. He's worked out like the free throw shooting. Remember all the taunts that he got from Chris Paul, the Phoenix Suns. Now he's hitting like he's much more accurate when it comes to the free throw line. And he's just a freak of nature. I mean, his IQ has gotten so much better. You know what I'm saying? He's not forcing things as much like this guy has the potential, and I think Katie said it, to be one of the, if not the greatest ever, when it's all said and done, because when he gets a jump shot, y'all, it's going to be nasty. Like, we've seen him hit him some mid-range here and there, but when he takes it to that next step where it's automatic, it's lights out. Like, the league is not going to be able to know what to do with him. So, dude, very well, I got a thought exercise for both of y'all. Dude, very well could um, end up with a third MVP. But Embiid and Jokic, among others, are going to have something to say about it. Um, I think Giannis, Embiid, and Jokic are safely in the top three. So I just want to ask y'all, because this is, this is harder than it feels like. That's why I hate top fives, because five. It's like everybody can't be in the top five. DeMar DeRozan, talking about making history, 
I think he's got six straight games of 35 plus points on 50% shooting tied which ties the league record. Uh, I think he's got the Kings tonight that he have the Kings tonight. I think he could break that record tonight, which he shares with uh, with Will Chamberlain. Who rounds out your MVP top five as we're sitting here right now? Because I'm assuming, Chris, that the aforementioned Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid are in. So you got two guys to make your MVP top five. Who would they be? Top five for me, yeah. Giannis, Embiid, Jokic, and then got to give them no particular order. Yeah, okay, not, not yeah, no particular order. DeMar DeRozan, and then, uh, you know, I think you got to give credit to Devin Booker. I feel like sometimes he gets overshadowed a little bit because Thank of Chris you. Paul and the effect that he has on the team. Devin Booker is playing lights out. You remember he went, he was the guy who's, you know, putting up all these numbers, but the team stunk. And now you see what he's able to do, you know, when he has a premier point guard, a Hall of Fame point guard, no doubt. Uh, so those are the two players uh, that I would say. And the thing about DeMar is he's been doing this for a minute, right? He just hasn't been getting the respect because he played in Toronto. He got traded, right? They won the championship with Kawhi. And then, you know, he's at San Antonio uh, and he doesn't get the same type of love. But now since he's on the center stage in Chicago, you're finally getting to see him really uh, get the proper respect and the um, attention that he deserves. So that's who I would say will round up my top five. You like I'm that so answer, glad, like- Chris. I love, like, Chris, I'm so glad that you mentioned Devin Booker because I was going to say, you better mention, somebody's got to mention a Phoenix Sun. When a team is 47 and 10 and has just been consistent all year, they're on another winning streak. What's not, what's, what's the winning streak now? Six, seven? They've had yeah, several so, of these. Yeah. You know, one point, it's like, okay, 10 here and eight there. I mean, they've just been rolling teams all year better than they were last year. I feel like uh, the all that winning, somebody needs to be rewarded for that. I have no problem uh, with a Phoenix Sun there, whether it's Booker or Paul. And in the five spot, you look at Luca. The the, the team is not Luca. great, huh. but Luca's numbers, once again, uh, Luca's been incredible. So I, I think I'd throw Luca in there as a five. The only other one I, I just I feel like we'd be remiss for not mentioning. So we've given love to DeRozan. We've covered the Suns. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, early on in the year, it looked like it was his, but he's fallen off. He struggled maybe too much to, to take it back. We'll see what he does down the road, but Steph, but the main one I want to mention is John Morant. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, how does John Morant not make your top five, you know, MVP candidate. So yeah, it's going to be a tough ballot. It's a tough ballot. That's for damn sure. Um, Chris, you're, you were, you're at SNY doing phenomenal work. Let's focus on this Nets trade in particular and Ben Simmons. A lot of people in the immediate aftermath felt like, oh, the Nets won that trade. I know Michael feels that way, that the Nets won that trade. I feel like the Sixers got the better yeah. player, but the Nets got the better fit in terms of exactly what they need uh, that they didn't have before. But one could argue the Sixers didn't have anything because they didn't have Ben Simmons. Uh, so they upgraded from Seth Curry to James Harden. In your mind, uh, who got the better of that trade? Or was it just a win-win because both of those dudes needed to go be great somewhere else, as we like to say around here? No, I think it's a win-win because, you know, James Harden is finally going back to, you know, with his boy, Darren Morey, and I think he's going to be, you know, incredible in a one-two punch with Joe Embiid. And then the other side, you know, the Nets are getting Ben Simmons who can guard, you know, positions one through five. He can facilitate as well as anybody, you know, in the game. 
And then also Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, but specifically Seth Curry is somebody who's going to be proved to be pivotal, especially we have no idea what's happening with Joe Harris. So you get another shooter in Seth Curry, and that's going to elevate their play. The one thing I'll say right now is that I feel like the Sixers won the trade just because I can rely on Harden and Embiid more than I can rely on Ben Simmons, but specifically Kyrie Irving and then also Kevin Durant as far as his injury history because it's just a lot of what ifs and I don't I don't trust it no that makes sense that makes yeah. sense um, yeah I, one one guy is unvaccinated I guess on paper versus on the court it's two different things that remain to be seen like Harden when he's motivated and in right. shape will show up right and you think he figure out how to play with Embiid Simmons we know about his struggles shooting in the playoffs, somebody's going to find a way to exploit that, although I'm with you. Uh, I think he fits in terms of just facilitate to KD if he's healthy and Kyrie if he's available, you know which are two big ifs. You change your, you you know change what, your mind? <laughs> that makes yeah, you change I your mind? <laughs> I, got, I got one question. I got quite one question for Chris, and, and, and this, this really caught my eye because this is the, exactly the advocate that Kyrie Irving needed. Adam Silver. Adam Silver oh, comes yeah. out and says, New York City's mandate doesn't make sense because you can be unvaccinated and coming to New York and play. But if you live here, you can't you can't. And he said, I thought right. the whole point is to kind of, you know, crowd control and keep these numbers down. But you're allowing unvaccinated people to come into the building. What's the point? I, didn't, I don't think I that's think a bad argument. That, it's not a bad argument. And I think Adam Silver's either intentional or unintentional advocacy for Kyrie Irving might put some pressure uh, on this mandate to kind of relax or to topple. What do you think, Chris? Listen, yeah, uh, Adam Silver did a great job of trying to put some pressure on to the mayor, Eric Adams, but he they are not going to change this rule for Mr. Kyrie Irving, okay? That's, that's not going to happen. Uh, and then the other thing you mentioned, you know, it doesn't it really doesn't make sense um, as far as, you know, allowing unvaccinated players, you know, into the gym, into the arena. But I don't think they have the jurisdiction. I don't think they have the legal ability to dictate what, you know, non-residents can do. So I think that's something that's missing in the conversation. Like, sure, from a health standpoint, it doesn't make sense. But I don't think they're able to uh, do that legally where they can overreach, you know, their power, overreach their their limit. Uh, so I don't think anything's going to change. Uh, maybe it will, depending on how, you know, the COVID-19 uh, continues to go down and the pandemic gets better. But at this point in time, you know, I still think Kyrie is going to be sticking to playing road games uh, and they're not going to bend, the politicians are not going to bend, you know, to what the NBA wants. One other thing is our boy Benny Goodwill had a conversation with Adam Silver, Michael, and I saw this, this caught my eye as well. And he said he wish, you know, he's all for player empowerment. And Harden even talked about, like, for the most part, players get their way in the NBA. But he wished it had been handled differently. With all due respect to whatever Ben Simmons is dealing with, we've talked about that ad nauseum, just from a pure entertainment interest standpoint, I beg to differ. I think that the NBA, one of the reasons that, even though the NFL is our national obsession as a sport, the NBA is the best league, is because of the of the drama that the players are able to drive in many respects. So however Ben Simmons may have mishandled it, however James Harden may have mishandled it, only adds 
fuel to the, the to the fire. You know what I mean? That we, the campfire that we all like to gather around and discuss the NBA. I thought it was a, I thought it was great exactly the way it went down. Not to mention, you know, that's our first time talking on the show, Chris. I'm fine of saying everything ends badly, otherwise it wouldn't end. None of those dudes get what they want and take player empowerment to a different level, higher or lower, depending on how you see the situation, if they go about it the right way. What is the right way when you're under contract to force your way out? This was great for the NBA is basically what I'm getting at. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, the NBA, as we know, you know, it's a firestorm on Twitter. Uh, the drama, the storylines, people are so petty. Uh, so from that standpoint, you know, every everybody wins. And what I just would hope is that, I know Kyrie's not going to do it, but if he were able to take the shot, you know, just imagine how much more excitement and drama we would get where he's able to play in every single game. And I will say as far as, you know, how things are going to end, if the, the Sixers probably have more pressure on themselves to win this year than the Nets do, just because we don't know how healthy Joel Embiid is going to stay. And then also... Uh, we know Doc Rivers uh, has been known to, you know, blow plenty of leads. And who knows if James Harden is actually going to opt into his player contract option next year and if he may get dissatisfied. So uh, that's where I stand with it now. But uh, things can change in the future. Chris Williamson from SNY. Hey, man, good to have you. Uh, come kick it with us more often, all right? Nah, thank you so much, man. I appreciate y'all. Stay well. All right, man, be good. You too. Great work. I, I dreamed about this for so long, so to be here right now, it's surreal, man. I'm, I'm, I'm so in the moment right now. Like I said, I've been drinking a little bit, so <laughs> so we having a good time. It's gonna it's gonna think like this for at least the end of the week. So we world champions. <laughs> ah! Sean McVay just tapped me on the shoulder. He wanted to know if you were interested in running it back. Run it back! 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 Give it up for Aaron Donald! What a stud! Everything! We 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 built a super team. We can bring the super team back. Why not run it back? We could be world champions. Yeah! <laughs> well, alright, so much for those storylines. Sean McVay, nah. his next call will not be in the broadcast booth. Aaron Donald is not retiring after his career and his legacy were completed. First of all, Aaron Donald with his shirt off is just unfair. Um, I told you, our our resemblances are from the chin up, not even the neck up. I ain't got nothing on his neck either. Um, But, and listen, yeah, he was a little inebriated, as he admitted. But, you know, I I, I think there's, like I said, when Von Miller talked about it being addictive, it's like once you get a taste it's kind of hard to quit this thing, you know, as most players would tell you that have won. Unless he's just over football and completely beat up and can't do it. But his work ethic and his body of work, his body literally would suggest that that's not the case. So I, I take him at his word because a drunk man speaks a sober man's thoughts. They want to, him and McVay, Okay, right, right, right. Or, or, or you say some things while drinking that when they tell you, you know what you said last night? You say I said that? For real? <laughs> I did? I don't know. Look, that, and this is why, Mike, this comes back to that, these whole, these, these public proposals. So basically, Sean McVay 
<laughs> try to get a, like a, a yes, a public yes, public pressure yes out of Aaron Donald. Oh, Sean when, McGray, when, just when, tap me on my when, shoulder. When he, hasn't, on, when he hasn't even committed doing fully. When he, when, when he hit him with right. a we'll see. When it yeah. comes to his situation. Yeah. Right. Okay, you want to run it back? I, I'm just, ha- I'm at a party. I ain't trying to talk about business right now. <laughs> I got my shirt off. I got a that bottle wasn't, of something wasn't the time nice. or the place. It, right. <laughs> it's like place my second everything. or third. It's my second or third bottle of something nice. And here you are yeah. trying to get a commitment out of me. We had a party. We just having a good time. Yeah. It's like you at a party and people want to come up to you and talk to you about, you know, brother from another. They want my take like I'm a jukebox. Yeah, they want my, they want my hey, take. Like, like, bro, I'm, right. I'm off the clock right hey. now, bro. Hey, right now, <laughs> no, man, I don't right mind. now, just I don't real mind. quick. I'm, fl- I'm Mike, flattered. Right, I'm honestly flattered. <laughs> I am flattered. But you say, mm-hmm. Mike, real quick. Tell me about James Harden. <laughs> like, you over there, man, you got something. You, you, uh, you dancing to the words. You got your, uh, you got a drink in your hand. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> Well uh, come on. I, I think I think it's so you, still you, you still think it's in question still fluid, fluid situation. Yeah. Well, okay. It's still fluid. Here's, okay. Money talks though. Money talks and maybe that's what this is really about. I told you I was skeptical as to whether or not Aaron Donald was leveraging retirement for a raise. How much money? Well, that's what I, well, I think he's the 30th highest defensive player in the league in by one metric. Look, man, here's all I know. Here's okay. another metric. Here's another metric. I know he's due fifty five million dollars. It's technically not guaranteed. It is guaranteed because it's Aaron Donald. They're not going to cut him. Eh. They're not. Okay. Gonna, it's guaranteed. That's not, not going to okay. that's, that's not if I'm him. That's not how I'm looking at it. If there is an individual okay. that does not play quarterback who is paid higher than me, y'all need to remedy that. Okay, okay. He should have been right, co-MVP so at the Super Bowl. Take it back to Super Bowl 12. Okay, I agree. Should yeah should have been co should have been co MVPs yes. all right, um, he is the best player in the league regardless of position. But I get it, we pay quarterbacks more all right. There's whatever whether it's average per year, 30? whether it's twenty twenty two cash, at least thirty yeah because I think T J Watts at twenty eight, so thirty million a year is what he needs to to be making, whatever his twenty twenty two cash payout needs to be, total value more than Khalil Mack whatever it needs to be. Make this man the highest paid player. If that's what we're really talking about. That negotiation should have already happened. As a matter of fact, there if is no it, negotiation. I there agree. Is, exactly. If, if this is it. not even a conversation. If that's, if that's it. So that's why I was skeptical as to whether or not A, he would have he would be leveraging retirement to get a raise, because it shouldn't take all that. If anything, hold out. But B, if it, he, does he really have to threaten retirement to get a raise out of the Rams? Are you kidding me? If that's what this is about, it should it should be this should be well, an open and shut case. Okay, that's why I doubt that that that, that this is about that because it, it's it's your franchise guy. It's it's Aaron Donald. I don't know who his agent it is. I'm get his agent is. I'm guessing he doesn't represent himself. Would his agent really say to him, "Hey, Aaron, you got to really if you want to get it paid, you're gonna have to." play this retirement game to get their attention. I just have a hard time with that. I don't think so. I, I think right. he's in a different. So, you, so we agree that is, the retirement, is, any retirement thoughts are, are independent of that. So we agree yes. that retirement thoughts, if he's having them are legitimate. Like he's yeah, I think so. Yeah. 
I okay. do believe that because um, Aaron, Aaron Donald is the most important player on your roster, the number one player for the LA Rams. If, you have, if I'm ranking him, no, that's not even, is that's not even an argument. He's the best player in the league. That's not even an argument. That's not even, that's not even a hot take. It's not even a hot take. I, yeah, that's, so, that's universal. So yeah, so you take care of him. So you take care of him. You don't even yes. have to wait. You there's no contract dispute. So Matthew Stafford, who's also underpaid, uh, has not retired. And so let me say something to you. The other day on Monday. Thank you. When I gave Ooh, I when I gave you, you the business. I agree with you already. The way you started. Well, that, I gotta come at you. I gotta come at you say? first. I gotta come at you though first. I gotta come back at you. And not not the only this from this standpoint. On Monday, when you I disloyal. when I came at you, when I came at you about Matthew Stafford, you were like, hey, it wasn't me. Oh yeah, no, I didn't like yeah. the trade. No, I didn't think he was an upgrade over Jared Goff. But it wasn't me. I was. I was. I just liked Jason Johnson's text. I didn't agree with it. A retweet wasn't an endorsement. I never. I just laughed at the jokes about Stafford. I didn't call him Pat Stafford or Stat Patford. That wasn't me. So, and you said to me, if I recall, that I was making a straw man argument, or red herring, or I was talking about some boogeyman that didn't really exist. And I said you'll be a proxy. So when I was talking about y'all, I was talking about the Richard Shermans of the world. Okay. So I'm sure you haven't missed it because his tweets went viral. Richard Sermon was like, there is no measuring stick that makes Stafford a Hall of Famer other than playing in the most passer happy decade in NFL history. Inflated numbers make every QB that starts 10 and a half years a Hall of Famer. He had this whole thread. He had this whole thread about Stafford uh, as a Hall of Famer. I'm not sure what prompted it. I'm not sure what prompted it from him. Uh, He went on, uh, you know, to tweet. You know, anybody could be a, 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 a. You know, I think it was. I think it was Michael Robinson. Yeah, I think it was Michael Robinson his, his from for, NFL Network, for, former, former teammate. teammate. Okay, so former it, so teammate. yeah, yeah. Okay, so so Michael Robinson may have, may have prompted it, saying that Stafford's numbers back up uh, his Hall and of Fame sounded... argument. Yeah, apparently I, I Dan like, Orlovsky, saw... Dan yeah. Orlovsky did it as well. I'm not going to talk about. He says he's going to talk about it on the podcast. I guess he hasn't done it yet. But the Hall of Fame bar is incredibly low now, like a participation not, trophy. No All no, Decade team, no All it's Pro, not. no MVP, one Pro Bowl, not even MVP at a Super Bowl. Never considered the best in any year he played. At least Matt Ryan has an MVP. Go ahead. I got. I'll, I'll give you my take. But go ahead. I'll, I'll, fin- okay, I'll finish my thought. But it feels like you want to jump I in. I told here. Go you. Ahead. I told you. I agree with the way you started off. Is, you know, if you just take out, like you're just unprompted. I'm still coming at unfair, you. Unfair <laughs> attack on me. Uh, but mm-hmm, I do like mm-hmm. the way you started because this is what I've learned this year. I've learned that uh, you can't you can't make a conc- uh, uh, just a definitive closing argument on somebody who's still in progress. This show's still in progress. So Richard, what are you talking about? He's not a Hall of Famer. Maybe right, not right now, but I don't know where his career is. Is his career 90% What if he over? goes back to back? Uh, is, what if he goes back is, to is, back? Right. What if they run him back is, is and his, he wins it again? It, what, what if he wins the MVP? What if he's the Super Bowl MVP the next time they win right. it, if they win it again? Uh, right. Does he play five more years? Does he play seven more years? I don't know. He's 34. Does he play until he's 41? Where I, do his then, numbers what end are those, up? What do those numbers look like? What do the Pro Bowls look like? So it's just too early. And the, and the Hall of Fame bar is not low. The conversation there. There are a couple of conversations. Maybe if you're on the outer ring 
of the Hall of Fame conversation depends on who you're talking to. But as you get closer and you're really determining who makes the Hall right. of Fame, the bar actually is just the opposite. The bar is high because we saw who was elected to the Hall of Fame. Very worthy candidates, oh, yeah. all of them. And we saw who but didn't get some, in. Right. There's some guys oh on God. the cutting room floor. You right. say, wow, right. he should well, be a Hall of Famer. With all due respect so to I, Michael Robinson, with all due respect to Dan Olasker, even Julian Edelman, he said 50,000 yards, Super Bowl, first year with a capable team. Give this man his flowers. He's a Hall of Famer. Arm talent is uh, the best uh, that we've ever seen um, in terms of arm talent. With all due respect to them, right now, Matthew Stafford is not a Hall of Famer in my book right now. So it's like, where is all this coming from when he's not retiring and he's still got his career left? But here's why I'm coming at you. And here's my issue with you and Richard Sherman. And this is the problem because I can't say it better than Kelly Stafford said it. And this and I'm she not, encapsulated I'm not, I'm not everything arms. that I have I'm felt not linking about arms this. Richard Sherman. You can say no, but you're want. guilty of what Kelly Stafford is talking about. So what? you're right. Whoever you are, you're right. Matthew Stafford can't win. Ellipses with y'all with some of y'all with a lot of y'all. Here's what Kelly Stafford said, and it was the, I couldn't say it any better. I'll, I'll, I'll back up. I'll piggyback. But this is what you said. Can y'all just let him enjoy this? It went from Matthew can't win to Matthew can't win against winning teams to Matthew can't win big games to Matthew can't win playoff games to Matthew can't win at all. And now the debate on the Hall of Fame. We shouldn't be talking about the Hall of Fame because he isn't done playing this game. If you don't believe he is a Hall of Famer, I can't wait for him to prove you wrong in this remaining years, just like he did in one year to everyone who said all of the things listed above. So let's table this talk until he actually retires. Thank you. And thank you, Kelly Stafford, because that's been my issue with Matthew Stafford. Richard Sherman and the rest of y'all made up your mind about what he is or isn't, despite the fact that he's got as many fourth quarter comebacks and as many fourth quarter game winning drives as anybody in the NFL since he entered the NFL in 2009. Despite the fact that he often played without a running game and without a defense, and yeah, he had one of the greatest receivers of all time in Calvin Johnson. But everybody decided what Matthew Stafford was in Detroit. Y'all decided what he was when, when Les Snead traded for him. F them picks. Traded for him because people like you, Michael Holly, said that he wasn't even an upgrade over Jared freaking You don't need that. You don't need that. You don't need that. You don't need to do that. Did you not say you know that? Here, Did you not say go, that? Let me go. Let me go. And so let me your skepticism throughout this season and into the playoffs was rooted in the fact yeah. that here's who Matthew yeah. Stafford is and nothing he did could change his mind. As a matter of fact, I'll put it to you like this, Michael Holly. I'll I'll put it to you like this, Michael Holly. You think Matthew Stafford was a black black quarterback or a black coach even, the way y'all move the damn goalpost all the time on him. I mean, it's unbelievable how the dude can't win with y'all. He can't win with y'all. That's Thank you, Kelly Stafford. Hey. Can't Remember, y'all move uh, the goalposts? He can't one? do this. He can't do that. Then when he does it, oh well, he was on a good team. What, oh, well, which on, one is on, it? On. Which one is it? Hold on. Let me say something. I got to. I got to pause. I got to pause and applaud because that black coaches move the field goal, move, move the goalpost line. Remember when, a, a, a black thoughts. <laughs> remember on black thoughts uh, freestyle. At one point, Funk Master Flex looked at somebody. Looked at uh, Earn back then in the, in the on the ones and twos and went bars. bars. <laughs> <laughs> he was like bars. <laughs> that was a bar. That was dope. Now, even though that was dope, 
You're just so wrong. I will not. I will not be on Richard Sherman's train. When I saw it, it was off-putting to me. I, I, I don't. I'm but not, it's I'm consistent not, I'm with what I'm talking guys. about, though. Because no, it's not. Because it's consistent. The what problem I'm talking is, about. ooh, right word. I'm glad you said it's consistent with what you're talking about because I've been inconsistent on this. I started off saying all those things about uh, Matthew Stafford, but the information you got to be a real stubborn just like immovable, irrational person mm -hmm. not to mm -hmm. change your position. Once you see the dude yeah. do his thing. Yeah. Once he yeah. got to once he got to the Rams and started and that team started off what seven threw and 41 one touchdowns. They dipped a little yeah. bit. He threw his touchdown passes. He fit into the team seamlessly and he did the job in the postseason, including that final drive. You can say whatever you want. Oh, referees got flag happy. You know Sorry, what a Mike G you got to be. You know what, hey, G, you got to be yeah. to throw a no-look pass on the game when they're driving the Super Bowl? No-look pass. It was unbelievable what he did there. And here's another thing. I want to give credit not only to Matthew Stafford, not only to Odell Beckham Jr., because at the beginning of the season, if you'd said Odell Beckham Jr. and Matthew Stafford will be key contributors to a championship team, that would have drawn a lot of laughs, not necessarily from 55% of Americans, but maybe 40 or 45%, and 75% of Detroit. I don't know. But I also want to give credit to Sean McVay because we're talking about all the stars on the roster. You got to be a special kind of coach to speak mm -hmm. to them all, to get them all. To well, they're play special for you. people this was too. First. But they're also special team-oriented people, despite their lofty st star status too. This was a first, whether you think so or not. This was a first, uh, a first all-star quickly assembled in some cases quickly assembled mm -hmm. on the fly. Mm -hmm. We're going to change it up all star team mm -hmm. that was that was built to win a quick championship and actually did it all star team. Yeah, I'm not counting yeah. Tampa Bay because Tom Brady came they had in. a lot in place and then Brady. They came. had a yeah, lot of things you. in play a lot of homegrown. But, yeah, no, you want to let, hey, hey, let as we go to break that, trade for your quarterback that, trade for your shout uh, out to this guy linebacker. Sign I'm calling up let's I need a F them pick shirt. That's right. Flex on them less flex on them. And he said, you know what? He said it today. You know what? I'm using them picks to win more Super Bowls. I'm sure they had people in his orbit, fellow GMs, people whispering. Oh, this is not how you build a team. I'm sure he read it. I'm sure he heard it. That guy as much as anybody as much as Stafford Odell. Anybody that was doubted deserves yeah. people thought he was crazy for giving up all those picks. Well, they got him a ring mission accomplished. Let's go to break. We got to talk about Brady after this because uh, yeah, we do. He's still in the yeah, news. That was a top item in your feet and we didn't even get to it. So I got to I got to hit you light in the Tom Brady, but that's what I'm talking about. You and Richard Sherman, you people moving the goalposts. I rejected moving the goalposts. And, and here, here's a condescending line. You're better than that. Michael Smith. You're better than that. Don't don't put me in the same boat as Rich Sherman. If somebody sees you out working out because you're staying in shape, that's going to lead to all kinds of rumors. So <laughs> uh, what will you be doing next with yourself? And will you stay in, in, in shape? Or are you going to start uh, running over to uh, eat a few uh, key lime pies? <laughs> You know I love those key lime pies too. That's uh that's my dessert of choice. So there'll definitely be a few more of those. And I'm 
super content and happy with with uh, how I feel and my decision. And um, yeah, as I said, all you can do is take it day by day. Nothing's promised for us. I'm going to do things that I really enjoy and spend time with people that I really enjoy spending time with. So uh, the future is bright. I look forward to the opportunities that, I, that are ahead. And I look forward to speaking with everyone again next year. So I've had a great time doing the show. We'll keep it going. And, uh, you know, thank you to everyone for their amazing support. Thanks for another great NFL football season. And uh, I hope it just keeps getting better and better from here. Um, my, yeah. my, can I say this? Can I say this? That's sure. a great picture. Beautiful couple. Very beautiful couple. Tom Brady. First, Giselle start with everybody saying, start with saying, Michael, you told me so. You can start with that. Uh, no. <laughs> what I'm going to say is, Tom Brady, go home. Just go home, man. Go home. Go, just go I sit do. down somewhere. <laughs> sit down. Why? If Why? He's been Why? retired for two weeks. So this this is a cat. I, let me just give, give, give you a little, little refresh. Here it is. Retired. Give him two weeks. Two weeks. So one, he scoops his own podcast. I don't know, you know, Jim. <laughs> I don't know what I know. I ain't telling you. I'm just gonna know. I know what I know. Next day on Instagram, he retires. He just kind of that's not an official filing with the league office. He posted on Instagram. Oh, Instagram. That is not the same as officially retiring. Yeah. That's two different things. He just made a statement. All right. Uh, all right. So, okay. Um, I tried to tell you. I'll he never, ready. I, he said, he I'm ready. ready to walk Here away. He said, I'm done. On Instagram, he said, I'm done. I'll never play this game again. Or I'm, I'll, I'll never, you know, it hurt, as much as it hurts to write this, however he phrased it, he pretty much, he pretty much said it's over. Then, the next week, he says, well, you never say never. He said never. Last week, Michael, yes, you did. Michael, Michael, you, did. you said last you, week. Why, Michael? Stop. He's still he, he's Stop. too legit to quit. He's still so good at his job. He sat Great. there and watched. I'm, I'm this is for you. Me. This is for this is for you and people like you. Matthew freaking Stafford win the Super Bowl, and he's like, do "Don't do that. Don't do that. You can't do I'm, that." I'm, that was no, I said that. that was for you. That was no, no, for you. no, no, no. Okay. That's for you. My that's point you is, if, if you're Tom to Brady, down, you wanted to say how it. many, how many, how many MFers do you think he didn't call these other quarterbacks who played this postseason longer than him? So here's what's going down. Since I told you he didn't want to retire, I told you somebody in his home probably forced him to post that the day after he said it on his podcast. As okay, she he got she should. He got forced. He got forced into that courtroom by the memory of a dead lawyer, and he got forced into posting that rushed Instagram uh, account or that rushed Instagram slideshow by the boss of yeah. his house. Eventually, he's gonna wear yeah. her down, and here's what's gonna happen. I, if it hasn't happened already, there had better be some serious tampering going on right now on the part of the San Francisco 49ers, who need to be all up in his DMs. Who need to be shooting all the texts? I am not hitting oh, all the intimate. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. It was I'm yesterday. Not make a lot that of stuff I said yesterday. Com- commitment anymore. That's I'm how he felt it. then. If the I'm not gonna do it anymore. That's how he felt then. San Francisco 49ers, who by the way, his idol Joe Montana hey. said that Trey Lance ain't ready for whatever it's worth. Trey Lance yes. could sit another hey, year. The 49ers, right. if you ain't already on the phone with Tom Brady, trying to say, say, bro. You want to come no, here? No, this is yours. No, 49ers. Let's, let's, let's you know go why? win this. 
That's the ultimate walk-off. building something? Win it with the 49ers. something? See, this is a mistake. This doesn't interrupt building that, anything. This is no, they are. Tom They're building something. It's, it's the Tom MVP Brady so up. It's the ghost of Tom Brady. At some point, Tom Brady is going to be like, okay. But Tom Brady, he's going to be all right. He's going to be good. But that's not right now. But he's not, gonna, he's not an automatic... Ticket yes, to the is. Super Bowl. He's not. With the 49ers, yes, he is. Okay, what happened with the this 49ers, year? With the Buccaneers. Yes, they ran it back. Not because of him. They ran it back. They called a blitz they and Cooper Cup threw it over his head. That, there's no automatic. If he goes to him. San Francisco, cancel Stop. Christmas. Go sit down. It's automatic sit in down. San Francisco, I, and I want to find out about the Niners. Stop trying to put way him back out the in pasture. February, I felt one way, but now in February, I feel a different way. Stop. Go.